Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. So, as I said, in a few weeks, we're going to have First Fruits Sunday, opportunity to bring our First Fruits offering before the Lord. And just so you know, this First Fruits feast uh, was really part of the whole Passover to Pentecost. There was a, um, in the Old Testament, the first fruit feast, the first fruit festival, uh, the Israelites observed uh, right after the, the mid, there was a midweek Sabbath. Uh, I won't get into all that, but there was a midweek Sabbath, and after that they brought a first fruits offering, and that just meant the first of what they grew. They grew their grain, their wheat, whatever it is they grew. The first part of it they brought before the Lord. They brought before the Lord, and I'll show you why they did that, why they did that. So this Feast of the First Fruit, really it was fulfilled in Christ's resurrection. How many know that the Bible says that Christ really is a first fruits? He's the firstborn among many brethren and sistren. Come on. And so he's really our first fruit. So we're not celebrating the first fruits uh, feast as they did in the Old Testament when we do this. This is just worship. It's all because that that was fulfilled, right, when Christ was resurrected. Okay, Um, but based on that, I I just want to be clear that it's not a requirement for us to to observe that feast today. But what we're doing and because God created everything, uh, because he gave us breath, because he sustains us, because he gets us out of situations we put ourselves in. Come on. Uh, he causes us to have favor when we don't deserve it. He gives us mercy, uh, you know, when we really deserve something else. Because of all of that, we're just going to show God that we love him and we appreciate him. Amen. And I, I really believe that God wants to work something in our lives. He really does. God put an emphasis on firsts, and I'm going to show you that. So if we would give him the first, he will bless everything else. He will bless every area in our life if we just would make him first. First fruits is a great way to allow God to work on our heart in the area of giving, giving to him first, and not giving him leftovers, because Jesus wasn't a leftover. When God gave us, you know, you know what, is the, what does John 3.16 say? Come on, somebody. That he what? Gave, gave, gave. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave to us his very best. And so in every area, not just our money, in every area of our life, we want to give God our best. Let me just throw a few scriptures at you before we get over to Exodus chapter 34, Leviticus 23, 9 and 10. The Bible says the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. A sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest. We're going to get over to Exodus Exodus 34, but let me read you just verse 26 of that, where it says the first of the first fruits. Now he's not just saying the first fruits in Exodus 34, 26. He's saying the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. 
Over in Proverbs 3.9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all of your increase. All of your increase. I believe that means the increase of your time. Come on, the increase of your relationships, the increase, any increase that you get. Honor the Lord with the first of that. And then finally, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 to 24, the Bible says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ, here we go, the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ's at his coming. So we know that Jesus was already a first fruit unto God. He's the first fruit. He's an example unto us. So then we're talking about being God, putting God first. Why does God want to be first? You know, I mean, is, it, is he just arrogant? What is it with God that he has to be first? The thing about it that we have to understand about God is, is that it can't be any other way. I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right phraseology or the right way to put this, but in my estimation, God could try to be second and he couldn't be. You understand? God can't be second. It's impossible for him to be second. He was first. He, he's always been here. I mean, if you really want to, you know, bake your noodle, blow your mind, whatever that, whatever you want to say, I mean, just think about eternity past and how God, it wasn't just that he was here first. He's always been here. I, I mean, I don't even want to think about that. Let's move on because that trips me out, you know. He's always been here. He can't be anything but first. If you played a game with God, he would win. Even if he wanted to let you win. You play golf, he's got an 18. He, he, he would win. He just, he would want you to win, but he, he, it can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. God has to be first. He has to be first. And God also, understand this, God is a giver. Jesus lived his life as a giver. He gave his time. He gave of his knowledge. He gave of his wisdom. He gave and still gives of his love. And guess what? You are created to be a giver. That's the way, whether you know it or not, God created you to be a giver. I know you want to fight it. <laughs> I know you really, in your flesh, want to be a hoarder, but your spirit is a giver. And so you're always going to have that battle. If you, if you love the Lord, if you've been redeemed and you realize it, if you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, then your spirit is going to want to be a giver. Whether it's giving of your time, your love, money, whatever it is, you want to be a giver. Why? Because God created you to be a giver. It is God's will for our lives to be givers. And not only to be givers, but to be an offering ourselves, to being an offering. And we have to understand giving is not dependent upon what or how much you give. Giving at the heart of it is a heart issue, isn't it? Giving of your time is a heart issue. Giving of your money, certainly. I, well, I don't know about you, but I can tell you for me, giving of money is a heart issue. Do I really want to give it up? <laughs> Do I really want to give as much as the Lord says to give? I, I remember when uh, Dietra and I were first married and we were living in a little house here in Bloomington, a little house we were renting and uh, we didn't have much money. 
And I think you had actually just quit your job at IU because we were starting a family. And so I had a job. I won't even tell you how much I was making, um, but it, was, it wasn't enough. <laughs> and um, the Lord spoke to us, actually spoke to my wife, and then the Lord spoke to me. We came together and prayed about it and told us to give $2,000 to another church, another ministry here in Bloomington that was maybe kind of struggling a little bit at the time. I said, Lord, wait, hold on a second. First of all, time out. Let's talk about this. Let's see if it's really what you're trying to say. Because there's several things. Let me point out, you know, I'm a person who makes points, you know, in case you can't tell. So I said, let me just point out some things if I need to do a PowerPoint for you, Lord. First of all, number one, uh, that's not my church. So that's number one. You know, you're supposed to give to your home church first. And then uh, God said, I know, that's an offering. That's not your tithe. Oh, okay. And then I said, but that's not my pastor. You know, it's not my pastor. My pastor's Pastor Phil. You know, that's another, that's another man altogether. The Lord said, I know this is what I'm telling you to do. I said, now, Lord, let me get this, because this point is most important. This is the most important point in case, now pay attention, Lord. I know you got stuff to do, but look at me. Look at me. We don't have $2,000. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm paying rent, and we're trying to get above ramen. I'm saying, don't have the money, Lord. <laughs> What's going to happen? Well, just to make a long story short, I won't go through it all. One of the things that we did also, you know, and, and to make it worse, I'll say worse. To make it worse, the Lord spoke to us and told us every month have somebody over for dinner. I said, let me do my second PowerPoint. I can either add on to this one or I can do a second one, however you want to do it. <laughs> but this PowerPoint is we don't have anything to eat. <laughs> And we really only have a few chairs that work. So I don't know who we're going to invite over. But we, we had people over every month. And there was always enough supply and enough leftover. We had people over for dinner. And a year went, uh, over the time of a year, we gave $2,000 to this other ministry. And God, do you know, in case you can't tell, we, I know I have never gone hungry. <laughs> never ever in my life have we not had food in our house never have we not been blessed in our house never have we not had enough i mean yeah there's we normal struggles and all of that but never god has always 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 come through he's always kept his promise to us in fact uh there's been multiple times when his grace has overflowed and i'm going lord what is this it's too much Do you, it's me are you thinking you're giving to someone else you might think it's brother james that's brother james and carol carter I'm, we're michael and dietrich carter are you giving to the right people and god said i know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing and so he just he just gave us he gave us his grace he blessed us and so uh you know many many christians shy away from the message uh this message of giving you know, because preachers preach on giving, but preachers are hesitant sometimes to preach on it because they don't want to offend people. I, you know, and I, I feel that way. Uh, but we have to understand that giving is just as much part of the gospel message and the kingdom of grace as the doctrine of sin, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, as marriage, uh, as living holy, as all of it. So I, I can't apologize for, for preaching on giving and finances. I mean, I won't apologize for preaching on grace. I won't apologize for preaching on forgiveness. I won't apologize for preaching on the blood. I won't apologize for preaching on deliverance. Come on, all of those things. So we can't apologize for preaching on, uh, you know, something that's going to help you in your life, something that's very practical. 
Finances relate to every area of your life. They relate to your marriage. They relate to school, your job, uh, living healthy. Finances relate to every area of your life, especially your heart. Especially your heart. And then the second thing, you were created to be a giver. But the second thing is understand that giving helps you as much as it helps others. I know, yeah, okay, that sounds like a very preacher thing to say. <laughs> I know, it does. But the honest truth is, it does. It helps you. Jesus was very clear, not only uh, about giving as it relates to finances, but he stressed finances because they relate to every area of your life. The Bible gives us about 500 verses on prayer. I don't know if you knew that or not. There's about 500 verses that talk about prayer. There's about 500 verses on faith in the New Testament, about 500 verses. There's over 2,000 verses that deal with money. 2,000 verses, four times the amount of verses on prayer, come on, and other things. Jesus told 38 parables, 16 of them were about money. Jesus knows that whether we admit it or not, our finances are close to our heart. And in order to help us, he must deal with the things that are closest to our heart. I'll throw this out to you. We're going to talk a lot of, uh, about um, a lot of things this year. The, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things. I'm not going to preach this hard on finances. Don't worry <laughs> for the rest of this year. But I want to get this word in you uh, from God, not from me, from God. Because as I'm preaching it, I'm hearing it as well. Okay? So we have to understand that giving helps you just as much as it helps others. And then understand this. Understand it very clearly, please. God does not need your money. It's not, the, the giving is not for God. <laughs> I know we say we're giving to God like we're doing him a favor. I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give to the church. And that way God will. No, giving is for you. Giving is for you. God doesn't need your money. He, he wants your heart. He wants your heart. Because if God has your heart, he'll have your money. <laughs> if he has your heart, he'll have your mind. If he has your heart, he'll have your children. If he has your heart. He'll have every area of your life. And therefore, it's not simply giving that pleases God, but it's the heart behind it. That's the other thing about it. It's the other thing. When you give, whether it's you give your tithe, whether you pay your tithes, I'll say that, another, that's another sermon. Whether you give an offering, whether you give of your time, whether you give of your knowledge and wisdom, whether you give anything that you give of, I want to tell you this. God really looks at the heart behind it. He looks at the heart behind it. So even as we give our first fruit offering in a couple of weeks, you know, again, I don't know if some of the folks here may not want me to say this, but if you don't have the heart behind it, it's not going to bless you. you. You're not going to be blessed if your heart is not right with God. It's got to be the right heart more than how much it is. Don't, don't think you can give a lot of money and buy God's grace or the church sees what you did because I gave so much money. No, it's not about that. It's about the heart behind it. And then we have to understand this. Here's, here's what it boils down to. I'm talking about why does God want to be first? Our best is our first. Our best is our first. Think about it. Our best is our first. It's the very first. With money, time, often we use the first of it on what's most important to us. So we must realize that God must be first. Think about it. What do you use the first part of your time on? Probably what's most important to you. Think about even when you get up in the morning. It's what's most important to you that you go to first. Whether that's brushing your teeth, come on, or whatever it may be. 
I got to do that. We, we spend money on what's most important to us. Remember in Genesis chapter 22, God was speaking to Abraham and he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, come on, whom you love. Go to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Here we have Abraham who obeys God, loves God, and God asked him to give the only thing that he has, his only son to sacrifice the very thing that he loves the most. That seems a little unfair. God, you would ask me to sacrifice the very thing that I love the most. Why? Because would you rather, I'd rather just sacrifice the thing that I love the least. But then, you know, thinking about that, it really wouldn't be a sacrifice, would it? If I just give of what I love the least, it's not really a sacrifice. Come on. And so God's saying, I sacrifice for you. I want you to sacrifice because I'll bless everything else. He's saying that which I birthed in you, or which, what you couldn't accomplish on your own, what you couldn't obtain on your own, that thing that you hold most dear, give it to me. Give it to me. I know, give it to me. Give it to me. And it accomplishes two things. Only that which we give to God will be blessed and will increase, first of all. And then it shows where our heart is. In other words, God, is God really first in our life? It's the one thing, to, it's one thing to say to God, you're first, but it's another thing to show God that he's first in your life. So what we're really talking about today is God must be first. He must be first. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that everything in the Old Testament is an example to us in the New Testament. So over in Exodus chapter 34, no, actually, go back to, go back to uh, chapter 13. I'll show it to you a different way. Go back to Exodus chapter 13, and uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You can take those off. Uh, we'll be there in just a second. Exodus chapter 13, let me read the first couple verses for you, uh, and then we'll go down to verse 12. I just want to show you something here real quick, okay? Exodus chapter 13 First couple verses say this. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. You see that there? It is mine. And then drop down to verse 12. Verse 12 says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, Every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn, now watch this, every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So we're talking about God must be first. What are we getting out of what he had the Israelites do here in the Old Testament? Remember, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us things in the Old Testament are an example. So we're not killing animals today, but it's an example of what God wants us to see, a spiritual principle. And here it is, is that the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. What are you talking about, Pastor Mike? The firstborn must be sacrificed. He said, the firstborn belongs to me, the first belongs to me. The first belongs to me. Can I just throw in a side note? Uh, you know, when we talk about the first, when we talk about tithing, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is tenth, because tithe means tenth. 
But a lot of times we forget this principle. As much as it's about the tenth, it's really about the first. Because that applies in every area of our life. The first. God must be first. In other words, he said, watch this. If you have a clean animal, the firstborn must be sacrificed. Firstborn must be sacrificed. Then he said, watch, if you have an unclean animal, you have to sacrifice a clean animal to redeem the unclean animal. So if, you get a, if a clean animal is born, the first one's got to be sacrificed. Hmm. And then if there's an unclean animal that's born, you've got to sacrifice a clean animal to redeem this unclean animal. The animal that was unclean had to be redeemed. Now think about this. Every animal that was born unclean had to be redeemed. Think about this. Every one of us was born unclean. Every one of us. David said, I was born into sin and I was shapen in iniquity because of what happened. We had no choice. We were born unclean. We were all born sinners. Jesus was born clean. Come on. The firstborn spotless lamb of God. And the clean has to be sacrificed for the unclean. The way that we are redeemed is the firstborn spotless lamb was sacrificed for us. And according to Colossians 1.15 and 1.18, he is the firstborn. He's the firstborn. We're unclean. Jesus is clean. And he was sacrificed for us. Now this can relate to every area of our life. Our time, our children, our money, all of that. All of it. It can relate to every area of our life. If we would follow the pattern and give the first to God, the rest would be blessed. The rest would be redeemed. If we would give the first part of our time to God, the rest of our time would be redeemed. Now, I don't know about you. I know we, we're talking about money, but I'll tell you one thing about time. I sure wish some of my time was redeemed because I don't know where some of it goes. Come on, you ever had an intention of doing some things? And days go by, months go by, you're busy, I don't have time, I meant to call you back, uh, you know, I was going to do that, but next thing I know, I look up and it's six months later. I don't, maybe I'm the only one that kind of goes through stuff like that, but I sure wish my time was redeemed. I'm so busy doing other things, I look up and I haven't read my Bible in two or three days. I haven't really prayed other than say, Lord Jesus, help me as I'm driving. Uh, you know, really spent any time with God, uh, really quality time with God this whole week. What happened? What happened? If we would focus on giving him the first, the rest of it would be redeemed. And I believe your time would be that way as well. You might have more time than you know what to do with. And you're saying, well, I don't understand how I have so much time. I'm, I'm, I'm so busy. Because you gave the first to God, the rest of it is blessed. The rest of it is blessed. This relates to every area. It relates to our time. It relates to our giving. It relates to our tithing. I mean, you know, we could do a whole thing on tithing. I believe that this specifically relates to tithing. So many people talk about tithing. They talk about the, the percentage, and they forget the principle that the first belongs to God. In other words, if I had, if, if, I, if I did some work for you, came over to your house and, uh, you know, did some landscaping. I'm not that real good at landscaping. So you look at what I did and you say, I'm just going to pay you a hundred bucks because you weren't that good. I say, okay, that's fine. I'll take a hundred bucks. So you give me a hundred bucks and you give me 10, $10 bills. So if any mathematicians are in the house, I think that that's should equal up to a hundred. If it doesn't just go with me. So you, you give me 10, $10 bills. 
How much is the tithe? $10 bill. Yes. Boy, you got see, I knew y'all knew math. $10. Now, here's the big question. Which one is the tithe? Which one of these $10 bills is the tithe? The first one. It's the first one. God wants the first. Before you do anything else, he wants the first. He doesn't want you to go out and buy this, buy that, buy this, take care of whatever you had to do, even if it's bills and all of those types of things, and then come back to him at the end and say, well, you know, I really had to take care of some stuff, and I got $6.49 left, but I really need the $0.49, so I'm going to give you $6, and then I'll make it up the next time. God said, okay, you do that, but guess what? The rest of it is cursed. I'm just telling you scripture. You have to understand that when Jesus, listen, let me put it this way. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, he was really a first fruit offering for us, wasn't he? He was really like that which redeemed the rest of us. He was the first, wasn't he? He didn't wait to see if the rest of us would agree to be redeemed. He didn't wait to say, okay, you know what? Let me take a survey and see if everybody else will uh, believe in me or maybe if 80%. If 80% of the people will believe in me, then I'll go ahead and get my life on the cross. No, he didn't do that. You could say he did it in faith. He did it in faith and hope. Now, I know we're talking about God and he knows all things, but just if you will allow me some liberty here. He did it really in faith that those that saw that or heard the gospel of Jesus Christ would then come to him. Their hearts would be changed. He didn't wait. And that's my problem is I want to wait to see if everything pans out and then, then I'll give. I want to see if everything pans out, then I'll give you my time. I want to see if you're really serious about getting off the drugs or getting off the alcohol. If you're really serious, then I'll spend some time with you. That's the way we are by nature. It's the way we are. But when it comes to God, he doesn't want us to wait to see if things pan out. Come on. He wants us to give first. He didn't wait for us to change or to accept him and believe. He gave Jesus first before the result. Remember back in Egypt, the way the whole nation of Israel was redeemed from the angel of death uh, was they had to, there, there was a firstborn lamb that was sacrificed. But God had the right to take the firstborn because it belonged to him. He could have just taken it. But he allowed the lamb to be sacrificed, which was the firstborn. You know, the funny thing about the Israelites, too, is they had to get, if they had a, an animal that was clean, that was born, they had to sacrifice that to God. Now, here's the thing. You don't know if that animal is going to have any more kids. You assume, but you don't know. God said, don't wait. No, it's got to be. If, if there's any more, the only way they're blessed is if the first is sacrificed. First has to be sacrificed. 2 Corinthians 8, 5 says that not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. They first, this is the apostles' doctrine. They first gave themselves to God. In every area of your life, what areas of your life? I know I'm preaching on finances, but what areas in your life are you not giving to God first? And what would happen if you would, in faith, that God would bless the rest, give him the first in that area of your life, of your time, 
of your relationships. If you would seek God before you seek a wife, if you would seek God before you seek a husband, if you would seek God before you seek a job, so it will be blessed. Come on. If you would seek God first, what would God have to say about this? What would he have to say? Do you care what God has to say? Sometimes we act like we don't, but we ought to because he created it. He created the job. He created you. Come on. I would think if anybody would know, he would, be, he would know. And so the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, and the first fruit must be offered. It must be offered. And I, I want, I want, I'm not putting the emphasis, I'm putting the emphasis on must, but I'm also putting the emphasis on offered. Offered. This is an act of worship that we're doing. That's all it is. It's an act of worship. That's what we're doing. Exodus 23, 19 said that the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The NIV says the best of the first fruits. You understand? God can't be second. I don't know what you can give your brother, you know, or your ch children or someone else, you know, kind of second best. God just can't be second. Let me say this also. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say this. I, I really believe in my heart if you believe, if you bring God your second best offering, it's really not an offering he's going to accept. Church will accept it. Your friend will accept it. You offer them something. But it's, as far as worship goes, God doesn't accept it. I mean, I know that kind of sounds a little harsh. But it's about your heart. The best of the first fruit. That's what God accepts. That's what he accepts. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all. all. That's the Bible. I didn't add that word all. He put it in there. All, 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 all of your increase. But then he goes on to say, so that your barns will be full. See, you're not just being run over by a truck. <laughs> You're not just being a slave unto nothing. God is, again, remember, God doesn't need your money. This is for you to see where your heart is so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine, not yesterday's wine. Why do you think God created manna every day? Because it's about the new, it's about the first. Come on, that's the way God is. We might look at that and say, well, you know, I'm a leftover person, which I am. I, you know, I love leftovers. God's not a leftover person. Yesterday was yesterday. Today is new. Well, it just seems like a waste. Hey, he made it and he can make more. He has an unlimited supply. It's not a waste for God because he has unlimited supply. All he has to do is speak and it's there. Come on. That's what he did with manna. Jesus remembers the bread of life for us. Unlimited supply. This is the principle of giving first to God. This isn't in the law, by the way. This is Proverbs, and God says, honor the Lord with your possessions. This is about worship. This is a hard issue for us. Think about the, think about the Israelites when they crossed the Jordan. Remember when they had, the, Joshua was with them, and they crossed the Jordan, and uh, they crossed the Jordan River, and God gave them an edict. He gave them a job, an assignment to do. He said, I'm going to give you all of this land. I had to deal with Moses because he got upset and angry, but now Joshua's your leader. We're going to go over here. Do you remember what he told them to do first? Does anybody remember what he told the Israelites to do first? There was a city that they had to conquer. 
Remember? Called, what was that city called? Jericho. Jericho. Do you remember what he told them to do? Go march around the city, right? The city would fall down. We remember all of that. But do you remember that God said about Jericho? He said to bring me all, all, all the silver and all the gold from Jericho. All of it, all of it goes to the temple. Now, wait a minute, God. We don't have PowerPoint yet, but I want to give you some points. Wait a minute. We're talking about 10%. You get 10%, Lord. That belongs to you. That's what it is. 10%. Now you're saying all. Oh, are you changing up here? God's not changing at all. Because we're so focused on the one-tenth, we don't understand that it's about the first. Here it is. It, Jericho was simply the first city. They would conquer many cities. But the first, all of the first, goes to God. And then you'll have no problem conquering the rest. You'll have all the rest of it will be blessed if I get all of the first part of it. Give me the first part of it with your heart, and I'll bless all of the rest. And I don't know if you remember, one, one guy didn't, wasn't on, on board with that, Aiken. Remember Aiken? AI, he, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't on board with it. His family wasn't on board with it. <laughs> you know, I was reading back in Judges 6, and uh, God called it consecrated. But then they went through some things, and then after they kept some things back in Judges 7, God called it cursed because there were things held back. When you give it all to God, blessed. Hold it back, cursed. Can I just give you a hint? You don't want something cursed in your bank account. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want your time to be cursed. You don't want your relationship to be cursed. That way, no matter what you do, it won't prosper. God is not first. You don't want something that you stole in your bank account. The tithe belongs to God. Notice another. And by the way, if you're going to be a thief, don't steal from God. <laughs> don't steal from Him. <laughs> the reason God gave Jericho to them, He didn't say take 10 cities and give me one. He wanted all of it from Jericho because it was the first one. The principle of the first. He said, give me the first one. You can have the rest. You can have all of the rest. Not only can you have the rest, but all the rest will be blessed. I will bless it. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You've heard this, that you do not have room enough to receive. Let me give you one last thing here. Have you ever gone back and read uh, in Genesis chapter 1? I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but in, back in Genesis um, actually, it was when uh, Cain and Abel, go back and read that, and uh, maybe it's uh, chapter 4, uh, but it talks about Cain and Abel, and it talks about how, remember how Abel brought him an offering, God an offering, and he accepted the offering, remember that? And then Cain, right, it was the Cain that brought him an offering, and he didn't accept this offering. And you know, for a lot of years, you wonder, well, why did God do that? Why did he... I mean, there must be something we don't know about here. Why did God accept Abel's offering and not accept 
Cain's offering. Why is that? In fact, let me just go to that. So I'll, I'll say it right real quick. This is it. But this, this kind of changed. When I, I read this years ago, this kind of changed my mind uh, about how I give to God. Is it, is it verse chapter 4? Yeah, chapter 4. Right in, thank you. Thank you, Eldon. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Now watch this. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. One, one kept sheep, one grew. All right. And then, um, and then it says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought an offering of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Now we know what happened. Right? God accepted Abel's. He did not accept Cain's. Cain ended up killing Abel. Am I my brother's keeper? We remember all that. But there's two key words in here that I think tell us the whole story of why he accepted Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's. Look in uh, verse 4. Go to verse 4. And also Abel brought of the, what is that word? Firstborn. Firstborn. Okay, go back to verse 3. And just read the first few words there. It says, and in the what? Process of time. Abel brought the firstborn. Cain waited a little while. In the process of time, after I do some other things, take care of some other stuff, then I'll bring you an offering. You see, God, God doesn't want to, the process of time. He wants the first, and you got all the rest of the time. In fact, you, it takes worry off of you. Now you don't have to worry about, I, I need to save some. I need to put some back. I need, no, I already did that. Up front, God, because I love you, I did that first. I gave you my time. I know some of you might not be morning people, but I want to tell you something. It, there's something about getting up in the morning and reading scripture. There's something about saying a prayer. And I know you don't have time. Those of you that work a real job, you, you may not have time to, to get up and spend an hour with the Lord and all of those types of things. But I tell you what, you can read a psalm. You can read a proverb. You can, when your feet hit the floor, you can thank the Lord for the day. Thank you for giving you another day. Thank you for breath in your body. I know that kind of sounds all old school and all of those types of things. But the worship is real. My worship is for real. And you have a heart to thank God for another day. When you do that first, your day will be blessed. Your day will be blessed if you will do that first. Give God the first. And let me just say this. When we talk about the tithe, that's what's owed to God. That's what he is owed. What we're talking about is an offering. We're talking about worship. I believe that this year... Blessed to be a blessing is something that really needs to get in our spirit. We are blessed. You are blessed people, no matter how much you have in your bank account, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you lost last year. Many of us lost things last year. No matter where you are in life, you are blessed. And you're not just blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing.